Hey, this is Jay Malloy, AKA Dr. Leeds with Team Deals. Uh, you're listening to the Fearless Investor Podcast with my good friend, Kyle Stanley. Keep listening and learn how to conquer the world of real estate investing. Y'all be well. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain. You have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley. Super excited about today's uh, guest, Jay Malloy, also known as Dr. Leeds. Uh, really, like we talk about follow-up, we talk about the importance of follow-up, and it sounds like such a boring subject, but follow-up literally saved Jay's wife's life. And it's created an entire business for him. Um, it's something that he's extremely passionate about. It's something that I'm excited for you to see his passion about, uh, you know, fortune being in the follow-up and how the, these tips that he has can help you to be better and be more effective at follow-up. So you can get more deals, whether that's in real estate, whether that's in Airbnb, whether that's in just even life, if you're single, you know, trying to get, get that, that future wife, future husband, whoever that is, uh, it's all about follow-up. So Jay is going to bring some serious power today. But uh, before we get into that, want to always thank our sponsor, and that is right now for the month of June, uh, Boostly. Mark Simpson, my good friend over at Boostly, and he's the founder. He says that basically things are changing in 2021. Things are not the same as they used to be in the short-term rentals industry. You can't keep focusing on trying to get all of your bookings through Airbnb or VRBO. You have to directly book with your customer. How do you do that? Well, pretty simple. You just get a WordPress website. Make sure it's WordPress. And I know what you're thinking. That's either going to take a lot of time. It's going to cost a lot of money. But here's the thing. That's exactly where Boostly comes in. They're servicing over 600 clients worldwide. They're the best in the game when it comes to design and teaching you how to be able to get into uh, direct booking. They've got the tools, the training, the know-how. And every site, like I mentioned, built on WordPress. So pricing only starts right around $99 and it doesn't matter if you have one property or a hundred. And my good friend, Mark Simpson says that it is a guaranteed to get you direct bookings or your money back. So go ahead and book a call with Mark's team. It's boostly.co.uk forward slash fearless. Again, boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk forward slash fearless. Your future business will thank you. All right, with that, let's get to it with Jay Malloy. All right, hey guys, welcome into the show. And we've got coming in from New Jersey, Jay Malloy, also known as Dr. Leeds. Welcome in, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me, Kyle. Appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Hey, um, so obviously uh, we're going to get into a lot here. You've been in real estate for almost nine years. Uh, you've got to have some stories here. So let's start with your most interesting, your craziest, your weirdest real estate investing story off the bat. Yeah. Okay. When you get started, everybody tells you, you know, all the stuff you need to do. So one of the things they told me to do is throw up a website and I made the cheesiest, most terrible infomercial type video you could ever possibly see. And I just threw it up and I forgot about it. So one day I'm going to my parents' house and it's like middle afternoon, like one o'clock. I take a nap and my phone starts buzzing. 
And it's a text message from this guy who saw the video who's telling me, hey, I need to sell my house now. And I mean, right now, right? And when I asked him where he was at, he was literally five minutes from my parents' house. Wow. That nap ended quick and $55,000 later, I was the happiest man on the planet. Oh my gosh. Uh, a website and a video and wow. That, that, I, that I forgot about. Wow. Hey, that's a, that's a good thing to forget. That's like finding, you know, that $20 bill in your pocket when you haven't worn that coat since last winter, this one was $55,000. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. Like you, you never know what's going to work. Right. Uh, that's crazy, man. Well, Hey Jay, uh, I'm, I'm so excited for our audience today because, um, you know, they're going to be able to learn a lot about follow up and you know like you and i were kind of talking about before we even got on here you hear it all the time futures in the follow-up fortunes in the follow-up you know you, you got to follow up with people and but there's no one really like teaching what that looks like and and you are so that's something that i'm really excited for our audience to learn today but before we jump into that let, let's kind of hear the backstory let's go back to 2012 or even before when you were you know just looking to get into real estate what was life like for for jay malloy back then um, life was, I was a, a corporate tool, so to speak. You know, I worked, I managed uh, real, excuse me, I, I managed government and community affairs for a transportation company and any transportation thing you do starts out as a real estate deal. So be it eminent domain, be it, you know, if you have an airport, you need land, you have a seaport, you need land, you uh, build a train station, you need land. Um, so I was the guy that was going into people's houses in eminent domain situations and getting uh, and, and getting them to understand we were going to get the property one way or mm. another, right? Okay. We could do this yeah. the hard way or we could get into some gangster stuff, right? right? So what that taught me was it just, I, I would see the spreadsheets, I would see the money that was exchanging hands and that, that kind of tuned my mind into, wait a minute, there's a lot of money in this real estate in relation to what I was getting paid, which was, was nice, but I would see the money that was being spent in exchanging hands. And I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong. So for me, it was up at five in the morning. It was car ride to a train. It was a 45 minute train station ride. It was a 20 minute walk to my office. It was rushed back home to pick up your daughter by 6 p.m. And it was a grind, man. I loved what I, was do I did, I was good at it. Um, but it was a grind, man, Kyle, it was crazy. So that was the before, and I went on a vacation, came back, and I was told my services were no longer needed. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I had to figure something out. Wow. And so what, what did you figure out? Um, well, I decided that I would go. Luckily, I had some savings. So I decided I would go back to the things that, you know, been successful for me in the past. One of the things was like studying, right? So mm -hmm. I remember just getting up you know, and acting like I was going to work, but I would go to the local college library and I started reading books. I think the first book that I read was Get Rich Slow. And it was about real estate. And I heard of that I, one. Yeah, I studied that book like it was, you know, I was in, in a class and I was gonna be tested on it. And it just really taught me some, some solid fundamentals about evaluating properties and, you know, figuring out offers and stuff like that. Um, I didn't even know how I was going to use it. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to get into, tradi into traditional real estate, but um, I kind of just studied that book. And then lo and behold, a couple months later, my father handed me a postcard 
and it's one of these big box seminars. And I went and, uh, you know, they got me for some of that savings that I had. That's all I'll say. <laughs> nice chunk of it. And I was hooked. I was hooked. I, I sat there for two days, three days. And like the last 20 minutes of the third day, they talked about wholesaling real estate. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. And so I said, that's it. It was like, you know, lightning bolt. Ah, aha. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I decided to do. So that, that was my entry point. That's awesome, man. I, you and I have a similar story because I mean, I, at least in how we got into real estate, because I mm -hmm. was also, you know, looking for getting into real estate, found one of those seminars and spent a good amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> got some, what we call skin in the game, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It uh, was, it was no doubt. My wife was, she wasn't my wife then, but she was sitting next to me and she saw me write a pretty big check. Uh, and she just looked at me like, all right, buddy. Okay. We're Here we go. What it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so you, you got right into wholesaling at that point. Is that mm -hmm. what I'm gathering? Yep. That's what okay. we did. We got into wholesaling, um, which then later turned into some rentals. It turned into a marketing agency. It turned into a bunch of other things that all spun off of being able to find deals. Okay. So talk about that transition period though, uh, before we go into like the, the marketing side of it, how did wholesaling go for you? What kind of business were you able to operate? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, to start, it was a little bit of a grind. You know, mm -hmm. I, it took me about six months to find my first deal and I tried everything. Like I was anything, anybody said, I think I'm probably like a lot of new people, you know, information overload because there's so many different people saying so many different things. You don't know what voice to listen to right. and everything sounds so awesome. You think there's always going to be one thing. Oh, if I do that, it's going to get me where I want to go. Oh, but what about that? And so you're like a cat chasing a laser pointer, right? Like <laughs> You don't know what you're going to do. Um, so I was a little bit like that for a while. And it wasn't until I stumbled to get up upon the probate process where it was something that I thought was predictable and I just stayed consistent with it for a while. That's when I was able to find my first deal. And then it became predictable when I would find my next deal because I could measure how many, you know, on average, kind of morbid, but you know, on average in a county, how many people are passing away each month. Mm -hmm. And then over time you see it. So you know what the flow of, of, of possible uh, people you may be able to find houses from is. As, as long as you know that, you can set your watch to sort of what's going to happen as long as you say, stay consistent. Yeah, you know, I, I think what you did is pretty awesome, though, when it comes down to it is waiting six months for that first deal. I'm sure there was tons of times from day one to month six that you thought about quitting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my anniversary was this past weekend, right, Kyle? So when I started working, which is I started that job that I left um, in 2007. They started, it's right outside the Holland Tunnel going into New York City, right? They were starting a construction uh, project to, you know, to change the access roads, right? We came back through that tunnel today. This is, you figure 2007, so we're 10, 14 years, 14 years ago. Yeah. They're still doing that project. This is wow. million dollars a probably a billion dollar project that's been going on for 14 years and it's still not done. It's almost done, but it's not done. Um, and I told my wife, how did I ever think I would be at the exact place I'd want to be 
in a year or two when this almost a billion dollar project isn't done yeah. in 14 years. Right. And I, I just had to, you know, I had to recognize this was a process. And as long as I was growing and headed in the right direction, there was no use in stopping. Hmm. Um, and that speak to your point, the six months, well, I, I had been disciplined enough to get through college. I had been dis disciplined enough to get to graduate school, which were things that I had to do just to be in a position to get a job. Why wouldn't I be disciplined enough to just grind it out and learn what I needed to learn to change my entire financial life? I mean, it, it makes sense when you put it in that perspective. Yeah, it really does. It's so funny though, right? Because we all want things now, you know, we, we go through, like you mentioned, four years of a college degree and we think, well, we, we need to have a job now that we're graduating. Right. Right. Um, but even then, like, just because even if you do get a job right out of college, like I got a job before college ended and, you know, I'm, I'm not even close to that industry anymore. Uh, so, you know, your, your journey is always being made, man. So I love, I love that, uh, that metaphor there about the bridge, because that truly is, you know, that, that bridge might even, you know, turn into something else one day. And that's exactly yeah. like kind of our journey, right? You know, we could be yeah. doing one thing today and another thing in 14 years from now. Um, Absolutely. so, uh, you know, what would you say, like going back to, I really want to focus in on this six month period here for a second. What was mm -hmm. the, the one thing, or maybe the one or two things you talked about discipline, but there had to be like something behind that, that was forcing that discipline, right. That okay. was forcing those, those habits. Was there one or two things that was really driving you to stay disciplined? When I think about it, I think one of the things that I, I, I just, I can see really clearly in my mind was I felt like, I had just one man of the year at my job and I got fired. That means to me, you can be awesome at whatever you're doing, working for somebody else and it can all go bad and you can do mm -hmm. nothing about it. So yeah. to me, that was the, like, that was the, it still is one of the, um, the centering thoughts like, okay, if you don't figure this out, if you don't put in the time and the work, if you don't learn what you need to learn, if you don't stay diligent, you're going to put yourself back in that situation. And I vowed to myself that I wouldn't ever do it again. Yeah, that's good. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I, I had, I had a little daughter, you know, my daughter was, you know, I, I don't remember how exactly how old she was. You figure 2012. So she's about six or seven. And like for the first time in my life, I was, picking her up at three o'clock. I was taking her to school. I was spending all this different time with her um, that I hadn't been able to do to that point. And it felt like a gift and I didn't want to give that gift back. Mm. You know, it felt like, wow, she's going to be a teenager like she is now. She's 16 now and she does not want to hang out with me, right? But, <laughs> but you know, I, I just remember thinking like, wow, I really enjoy being dad and I really respect this time and now I've got to earn the right to stay in this moment. So those things got me out of the bed. Those things got me calling people that I didn't want to talk to. Those things got me to the courthouse, got me running down, you know, leads. Those things got me in the houses that had a million cats and smelled like, you know, a porta potty. And, you know, my wife made me burn my clothes when I came home. Like those were the things that kept me centered and focused. I knew what the why was. The why was I don't want a new job. My wife saw me sign this big check. I like being with my daughter and being a great dad and a present dad. And I don't ever want to put myself 
in the position where I'm beholden to another person for my livelihood. Mm, man, that's good. That's so good. Um, I I think too, just the, the the fear that a lot of people have is leaving something stable, right? But when right. you really look at that thing, it turns out that it's really not that stable. <laughs> yeah, how it's, stable is it? It's Yeah, it's it, it's really one of those things that like you look at and you're like, man, I could, like you said, man of the year and then gone. And for no reason for, or at least not any reason that makes sense to you. And you're, you're never going to fire yourself from your own job unless it's because you're bringing on an employee to do something that you don't like <laughs> what you're doing. That's, fire that's yourself my newest, from that stuff. Yeah. That's my yourself. newest trick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, but you're never going to wake up one day and say like, Oh no, my, my boss just let me go. Now things change, right? You know, like there could be laws, there could be regulations, there can be things that come in. Uh, but I just love it because it's obvious that you built a lot of resilience even before you got into this and you were able to use that when you were getting into uh, real estate. And I think, I think that is just such a, a key thing that people need to have is resilience. Yeah, Kyle, I, I call it pelts on the wall, right? And I think no matter who you are, you have them. You just have to recognize that they're there and spend the time to honor and look at them and say, wait a minute, I did do that. I did that, I did that. In that I have a history of doing some things and now I just need to apply the same principles that allowed me to do those things to this. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah. Well, and one of those things that you've gotten really good at is uh, leads and following up with leads. And I mean, you got it. If you're watching on YouTube video right now, you can see he's got hashtag team deals. <laughs> he's he's doctor doctor leads uh and and so there's uh, you know for me I'm, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about right now because you know um i i just think that there's so much to that term fortunes in the follow-up but there's not a whole lot of like learning how to foster those relationships learning what the proper follow-up is um and and you know we always feel icky following up with people because it's like right. you know oh they want all this guy wants is my money. All this guy wants is my, my house. All this guy wants is something right. from me. Um, and so that can be a really rough place to, to try to find, um, find some strength and, and get past mm -hmm. some fear. So tell me, you know, why are you so passionate about this subject? All right. So Kyle, this is, there's a couple of reasons. I can give you this a story, but then let me just frame this frame it first. I'm passionate about it because when I looked at all the deals that I've ever done. I see that the truth of the matter is it's not the people I called yesterday that I do a deal with today. It's just not. I would say it's 90 something percent of the deals that I do are people that I've talked to or my callers have talked to or came in as a lead three, six, nine months plus ago. Like it's, it's, it's mind boggling how much, you know, the deals come from people that you talked to a long time ago. And then when you think about it, it makes sense. I met my wife at my old job. One day I met her. I went upstairs. I found out her name. I went upstairs. I found her on the internet. I sent her an email. That was follow-up, <laughs> yeah. right? Then I asked her out. We went out. We went on a date. It could have only been one date if I didn't call her again and ask her out again. So all of that is follow-up. When we look at any relationship we have, it's all based on follow-up. So why would real estate or any other business in terms of turning a prospect into a lead be any different? 
if you like even are i'm only on this podcast because we followed up with each other after we met mm-hmm. right so so Absolutely. why would business be any different in any business so that's why i'm passionate about it because i realize honestly follow-up should be first you prospect honestly just so you can follow up people don't think that they think that you prospect to find a deal you don't you prospect for the right to follow up that's just something that i realized and it gave me a perspective of it took all the pressure off of marketing and prospecting it took all the pressure off because i knew most of the money i was going to make overwhelmingly and abundantly would be down the line after I identified this is the right person, this is the right phone number, this is the right property. Okay, now I know who you are. I got your email, I got your phone number. (laughs) Now I just have to nurture this relationship to the point where whatever it is that I provide as a service, you need. That's good. Okay, cool. Um, So you said there was a couple of stories. Was there, is there another story that you wanted to Yeah, share? yeah. So here's the story. I'll give you the story that really drove this home for me. Okay. All right. So I just closed my, the biggest deal I ever closed, right? At the time, six figure deal. I'm in heaven, right? This is an afternoon. It's probably like four o'clock. Yes. Awesome. Next day around two o'clock, I get a call from my mom. Jay, you need to meet your wife, Tiffany. You got to go to the hospital and meet her at the hospital. She's on her way there. She was at her job. I'm freaked out. I go, something had happened. She had had a migraine and I think her eyes started switching or something. So her coworker drove her to the hospital. We go, I meet her there. We're talking. She tells me, yeah, I got to go get checked out. It's a migraine, blah, blah, blah. Her best friend, she had must've talked to her, text her and said, hey, listen, I know this is weird, but make sure you get a CAT scan before you leave right so now we're there they run all the tests blah 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 her blood is fine her blood pressure is fine she's fine they're about to give her some migraine medicine or whatever etc i don't know what they're going to give her and send us home her friend texts her again and says hey how'd the cat scan go we were walking out of the room to go home right my wife says oh doctor I like to have a CAT scan before I leave, just to make sure. I know it's probably nothing, but I think it would be good to do it. He doesn't want to give it to us. She insists. CAT scan comes back. My wife had a brain tumor the size of a lemon right here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that migraine and that sort of eye twitching was a a mini seizure. And we didn't know it. We wouldn't have known it. Anything could have happened. She could have had an aneurysm and die. Anything could have happened. She had brain surgery and she had to go through chemotherapy and radiation. It was a year and a half long process, but it could have, she's perfectly fine. She's downstairs right now. She is awesome. Like my wife is amazing. She's a miracle. I thank the creator all the time for and for getting us through that. But that one follow-up text may have saved her life. Mm. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, you know, not to, not to be cheesy or anything, but you know, this right here is the perfect example of like, if, if you just follow up with even just a lead, um, how it could make a difference in, in your life. It could make a difference in that, that leads life. It could make, you know, and it's that one time that it's just the the right timing that you pick up that phone, you have a little bit of courage 
and it makes a big difference in both of your lives. And, and like we're talking right now, when it comes to your wife of saving a life, um, is it saving someone else's life? I don't know. You know, it could, it could be absolutely that kind of situation if they, if they're in dire need, but man, I mean, the treat, I think the bigger thing is treating the, the, uh, each lead like that type of urgency or that type mm -hmm. of, um, I don't know. I, I, are you, are you understanding what I'm getting at here? Just, I do. Yeah, I do. I think, okay. So that, that sort of leads into like sort of what I think about follow up in general, like we right. put so much pressure on it. Right. And yeah. all that was, was a friend following up about something they had talked about prior. Right. That's it. Right. And when we look at our leads, remember I said, it takes the pressure off to realize you're just looking for the permission to be able to do something like that. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of different levels of follow-up that I think if we think about it, um, it'll take all the pressure off, right? You follow up for a couple of reasons, right? You follow up um, to invite somebody to take a next step or give them some information, provide them some value with no ask in return, right? You can do it for that. So I call that invitation. You can do it to, um, to just nurture the relationship. Hey, checking in, you said you were uh, working on your garden. How'd the tomatoes come out? any information you can glean from a conversation you can follow up about, right? That's why having good people on the phone and having great notes, that's your entry point, right? You can follow up also, I call it offer related follow up because it's offer specific. I made you an offer. Did you get it? Do you have any questions about it? Is there some points of this that we need to talk about or, 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 or renegotiate? Okay, it's also, can we set expectations for the next step? Like those are like five, six different things that you can now get to talk to somebody about that is not like, hey, do you want some of your house? Hey, are you sure you don't want some of your house? Hey, my offer's this, how much more do you want? You know, it's, 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 it's just nudging relationships further and further and further down so that now, even if they don't, you don't get a deal right now. If you continually do that for six, eight months, two years, guess what? Anybody that ever markets to this person is doing your job for you because Kyle, I'm telling you what happens, the best call you ever get, best text you ever get is, hey, Jay, I, I'm deciding that I think I actually wanna sell this place. And then somebody goes to their house and they got a stack of postcards and letters and texts and all those people did because you developed a relationship with them was remind them to call you when they wanted to sell. That's if you do it right. That's how it works. That's awesome. You've used this word permission a couple of times now. Mm -hmm. um, is there any tip that you have for people that are jumping into this um, mm -hmm. for getting permission? Like, is there a way that you're actually... Yeah. Lean, you know, because I, I feel like one of the things, like I said, we feel pushy, right? We feel like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I'm following up with them. I'm bugging them again. But if you have permission, that can kind of take that pressure off. So is there a way yeah. to get that permission? Uh, number one question that I ask, and I've instructed my cold callers and lead managers to ask is if we don't get together on a deal, and even if we do seem like it's going to work, we just say, hey, would it be all right? if we reached out every once in a while to see if you knew anybody that was looking to sell a property. That gives me permission to call you and just see how you're doing. And it gives me permission to say, hey, I'm still looking for a deal. Uh, you know anybody in the neighborhood? Uh, and maybe it just so happens it's them. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
Yep, that's the thing that I found to really work wonders, um, especially with some of the text regulations changing now. Um, I think that when you use text message or you use an automated follow-up, then that's the first question. Hey, it was great to talk to you today about your place on Pine Street. Would it be all right if I reached out to you at this number so that, um, would it be okay if I reached out to you here every once in a while just to check to see if you know anyone that may be looking to sell a property? That's gonna, you've just avoided all the problems right there. You've had permission. Once they say yes, awesome. If they say no, they said no, okay. It's okay. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that question too, and it's such a good sales question, right? It's, do you know somebody? And mm -hmm. it's not saying, are you, do you want to sell your house? Hey, it's been six months. We haven't talked. You want to sell your house now? No, like that, that's full of pressure. Right. And yeah, that's yeah. now every time they see that phone call come in, I don't want to answer this call. They're just going to ask me the same question, but when it's, Hey, do you know someone? It takes all the pressure off of them. And Honestly, I like it because it gets it gets you to their 250 people, right? Instead yeah. of just them looking at themselves and saying, no, I have a one out of one chance of either I want to sell my house <laughs> right. or not to a one out of 250 chance of do I know in my circle of 250 people that usually know me by first name is one of them looking to sell a property. Um, okay. So I think that's a really good point there. Um, is there any other tips that you have for, for follow-up that we didn't talk about? Yeah, I think the reason why people mention follow-up and we all know about it sort of, but we don't have like a systematic approach to it is because we, again, we put a lot of pressure on it, but we're relying on ourselves or our sales team, right? So you, if you're doing it manually, God bless you because you're beholden to your, your, your attitude and your mood of the day. You don't know how many times I'll get a reminder to call somebody and it's just, I'm not into it today or um, I gotta do something else, right? So in my opinion, taking a lot of that out of your hands and automating it, it's probably the first step to, you know, up in your follow-up game right away. And you can do, there's plenty of tools to do that. You know, there's something we can talk about, but there's plenty of tools to do that. Cause I'm not here to pitch anything or anything like that. But I, I just believe honestly, between email and text messaging, there's not a reason why you can't automate your follow-up to do those three things I talked about earlier. You know, to invite somebody and provide them value to, uh, to, to um, basically nurture a relationship and then offer specific follow-up. Like there's mm -hmm. no reason email and text can't be used, you know, you know intricately mm -hmm. and provide you such value to do that. That's good. Cool, man. Uh, well, is there any ways that uh, people can connect with you and um, yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Uh, get your content? Yeah, yeah. So I will give you a link to my calendar. What I do is I set aside about an hour a day. Um, well, not every day, about three days a week, an hour, three days a week where I talk to folks. You know, I give them 20 minutes of my time. So if they can get on my calendar, uh, I'll give you the link for that. But the way you find that link is you follow me on IG. Uh, at Dr. Leads, D-R period L-E-A-D-Z um, on IG. You can either bang the link in my bio or you can send me a DM. And I really enjoy talking to people. Anybody that's looking for, you know, just this sort of conversation about how they can improve, I would love to talk to you. That's awesome. Cool. Well, hey, what a great invitation. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. People take advantage of it. But that's why I had to short it now to an hour every yeah. couple of days.
I feel you, man. I feel you. When, when you got some value to, to offer, people want to talk to you. Um, yeah. Well, hey, thank you for offering this value today. And thank you for giving uh, our audience the chance to connect with you. Is there any last words that you have for the audience? Um, the last thing I can tell you is this, right? Get started following up with people. Put it first. Change your frame, your mind frame in terms of how you think about what you're doing. Right. If you're cold calling, you're call calling those people to identify who they are so you can follow up. If you move follow up to the primary position, follow up first is what I like to call it. Not only will you find more deals and set yourself up for bigger paydays down the road, those deals you want to find right now, you're going to shake those out of the tree too. So you actually make more money just by putting follow up first. Hey, follow up first. I love it. That, that is a great way to think about it. And thank you so much today. Jay Malloy for helping our audience to conquer the world of investing. Appreciate you. Thanks, Kyle, for having me. And guys, listen, Kyle is great. You guys need to stay locked in with him because he's doing such a great job providing you guys with information and value. And I really think that you can't do better than to pay attention to what he got for you. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, no worries. Show notes for this one, fearlesskyle.com forward slash Jay Malloy, J-A-Y-M-A-L-L-O-Y. And that's where you can find all of the tools, tricks, tips, know-how for what Jay just talked about on this show. Um, and I, I really do want to just encourage you to think about follow-up uh, the way in which you know Jay talked about his wife's life being saved. Like, what if we took every single follow-up that seriously? Um, do you think there would be many deals falling through the cracks? Not nearly as many. And I think the relationship is where that's really at. Um, people can just know that, you know, you're calling them, you're fostering that relationship in order to help them get a win. Um, that's really at the end of the day, what fought, what true follow-up, what genuine follow-up is all about. So Loved this episode with Jay. Hope you'll go rewatch it or uh, go to the show notes and get connected with Jay on Instagram as well and set up that call with him. That's an easy, easy way to get some more value and to talk to Jay. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here today on the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of investing. You have a good one.